And now, as the Geek Foods, brought to you today by me, Joe Hogan, for when you are looking for greys that aren't common, uncommon, or rare, but authentically epic. Think me, Joe Hogan. Welcome to Baghdad. No, wait. I mean, welcome to episode 242 of Geek Dude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Uh, obviously, we are doing a weird opening today, so that means we have a Rob. Hey, Rob. Hi, Joe. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pre-read, so <laughs> I apologize. Wow, that, that was good. Uh, that was changed it, and I think I think you watched as I changed it. I had something completely different in mind, but it, it was too. Uh, it was a bit too cynical, and I didn't want it to read as your opinion. I had a thing on there about, and I have a note on it later, I had a thing in there about corporate greed, as we're going to talk about the schedules of things coming up. But, uh, uh, but anybody who doesn't know what in the hell that was all about, it's a, it's a reference to uh, what is not, which is the, um, the other show I do, As the Dice Roll, it's one of the rpg campaigns on there and rob does the intros for that so um so that's what it is and of course not to not to forget we also have the amazing and wonderful ray how you doing ray hey what's up to both of you joe you really nailed that i thought you uh <laughs> i thought you pra- you rehearsed that i'm like wow joe was no like, i was like as i was scrolling up i was like crap i don't remember i didn't see what he put so i don't know what he's <laughs> <laughs> But hey, we are on a limited schedule today, so if we seem a little rushed, I apologize, but we want to make, we've got so much information to get in and uh, a little time to do it, so we're going to jump right in. Um, Rob, you've been doing a lot of stuff. I, it looks like a lot of stuff, because I typed <laughs> in a bunch of notes. It is, it is not as much as it, as it seems like. Uh, my main weekly geekery is Datitude. If you will, um, okay. <laughs> just the child, just time with the child. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So the other things that I, I added in there is I have a convention coming up, Convergence, and so I've been putting together like Star Trek costume stuff. Two friends and I are going to wear Star Trek uh, uniforms, and nice. so I was making like belts, and I sent Joe a picture um, of sort of I you know ways to hang props and and it's like doing things with dremels and things that I'm not used to doing um but I I basically took a yeah my work won't listen to this I kind of took a day off of work <laughs> work was <laughs> work was slow and I work from home so uh instead of getting ahead on work I sat and did some hand stitching of velcro and and things like that um and then that's pretty much it. I have Star Trek Voyager on there. I watch like half an episode a day when I'm holding the child and he's sleeping. I might turn on the TV and I'll put on subtitles and watch like half an episode. So, but I've been doing that since he was born. I started doing a Voyager, well, just generally a Star Trek watch, but I started with Voyager because I've never seen it all the way through. I'm on season six. I just started season six of that. Um, and then the other two things that I'll bring up that I mentioned here was, um, uh, there's a, a, a Batman podcast on Spotify called Batman Unburied, which is like an audio play. And it's Winston Duke, the guy that plays M'Baku in Black Panther. He's Batman. Oh, cool. And, uh, and it's, it's not bad. Like I've, I've listened to some of the Marvel ones that are, you know, sort of radio plays and they kind of suck. 
Um, but the Batman one is pretty good and it's dark and it's straight up, you know, people are swearing and you're hearing like people being eviscerated and it's, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, it is meant for adults. And, uh, and then the other thing I brought up, um, because I know Ray's mentioned it in, uh, I don't know if it was the last episode of the episode before, but in terms of the, the Thor trades is Mm -hmm. I've been reading my way through these ones that it's just called, uh, Thor by Jason Aaron, the complete collection. Oh, great. And there's there's like five volumes of that out now. And it is the perfect size for a trade because it's not like the giant omnibuy, you know, mm-hmm, where like mm-hmm. it can sit on a shelf, but it's almost too big for you just to sit comfortably and read because yeah. they're just so freaking thick. It's like half that maybe. So it's larger than a regular trade, which might take you, you know, half an hour to read or whatever. Um, and so I'm slowly working my way through those. And uh, so if you ever wanted to go back and if you weren't doing it on Marvel Unlimited, I would look to, you know, cool. get your hands on. on sounds those. like, yeah, sounds like a proper graphic novel emphasis on the novel. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I really enjoy that format in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I got, I got, I, I, I got a uh, Star Trek question for you. Okay. Um, so as I mentioned uh, previously on the pod here, uh, Rosie and I, I, I sort of introduced her to the Star Trek movies. The the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films is what mm-hmm. she has watched so far. And she really enjoyed them, and she wants more Star Trek. However, <laughs> I've, I've tried to kind of explain that. JJ Star Trek is really not like the rest of the Star Trek. And I'm wondering what you would recommend for someone that has only seen the films, the, the recent films and, and enjoyed them overall. That's a really good question. I haven't watched. I've never seen enterprise. I've seen one episode of Picard. I've seen two episodes of strange new worlds, which is the newest one. I've never seen mm-hmm. discovery. It feels to me like if you wanted a more modern starting point for it, give Strange New Worlds a shot. It's the one that's, there's like 10 episodes or something out so far. It's the newest Star Trek show. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels, I think it's meant to be kind of a spinoff of Discovery because they mentioned something about Discovery in the first episode. But basically it's the Enterprise before Captain Kirk is the captain. So it's Captain Pike. And then it's like Lieutenant Kirk or something. And so you can tell there's references in there to like the original series. I think there's one episode that almost beat for beat. And in some cases, some of the shots are replicated from one from the original series. Oh, but outside of really basic things that you can explain about like what the prime directive is, which they explain in the show. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a good bet. It looks good. They're clearly spending the money on it. Um, or honestly, I don't know, maybe try the Orville. <laughs> you know what? what? Yeah, the Orville is, is the, the next amazing. Next, it's next generation and just with a bit of modern comedy thrown in. Both of those things have been suggested by my my buddy Jason. So it sounds like, okay, sounds like it's clear. What we're gonna check out next, probably. Well, Jason has not done you a lot of wrong before. He's he's pretty yeah. reliable. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's yeah. there's there. I believe there was talk about loving like the telenovelas and and you know that kind of very serialized storytelling. So I mean, it's possible something that like Next Gen would be okay. 
Um, most of other Star Trek is each episode is kind of its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's good and bad in doing that. And then you have like the second half of Deep Space Nine where it's much more serialized because then it's basically a show about wartime. Cool. Um, but yeah, Deep Space Nine is one of those like historical references because um, I think it happened around the same time as Buffy the Vampire Slayer where you can mm-hmm. see the trend going from um, episode of the week to uh, season long storytelling. Right. Right. And at that both both those series kind of split the difference and their first half is very much every week it's a different story. Every episode is a different story. And then um, the later episodes, you get full story arcs over the course of the season. Very yeah. cool. It's really kind of a cool a cool thing to watch. Yeah. But, the, the but all very good. They're terrible <laughs> comparatively. <laughs> yeah. But Star Trek strength is that they can tell literally any story. It's like Sandman. They can tell mm-hmm. any story they want within the framework of what the overall property is. So that's right. what gives Star Trek its strength is you'll like some episodes, you'll love some, some will make you cry, some you'll think, you know, kind of suck. Um, or like they did a really bad job of trying to address a, a social problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's definitely a lot of that in there. Yeah. But, um, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh. Uh, I don't have what a have ton of working on, right? I don't have a ton of weekly geekery this week. I do feel like I've been geeking out on art a lot between you and uh, Matt visiting and, you know, us getting to talk about my paintings a bit. Yeah, uh, so and fun. then, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. It's funny how much you kind of feel in your head when you're in the studio working out ideas and working on things. And then, you know, obviously I had to write a thesis in order to graduate and then you just kind of step away. But as soon as someone asks you a question, it's just like all like perfect recall right there. <laughs> like everything comes back. And <laughs> this is what this is about. And this is where it's going. And this is the influence. I'm like, wow, I really, yeah, that's going to be in there for a while. <laughs> uh, so that feels good. It feels like I know somewhat what I'm talking about when it comes to my own artwork, uh, which is, I feel like not the case for usually for artists, you know, we're, we're so visual. Um, and, uh, and then we got to spend a day uh, gallery hopping yesterday in LA, which I always enjoy. Um, I wasn't someone that always spent a lot of time looking at other art besides, you know, coming across something on social media or maybe looking through my art books in my, in my personal library, but actually getting out and standing in front of artworks and, you know, kind of taking them in like that in person is not something I put a whole lot of emphasis on or importance on uh, for years. And now I'm feeling like it's such an important thing to do. I, I it just, it, it's a different, ex- you, you sort of are able to absorb the ideas and the work and you're also able to really understand or, or start to understand on a different level how how it was made and and i love it when i'm standing in front of a painting or or a piece of art and i can sort of start to see clues or hints as to like the process of, of the particular artist in question um so yeah we we hopped around to like four or five galleries yesterday in one day which is a lot for my friends and my partner when <laughs> when, when they decide to join me. I'm, you know, I, they, I, by now they know like, okay, this is going to be a lot, but it's just like my brain can just 
absorb it. I just want like all of that, like visual stimulation, like one after another, after another, we literally go from gallery to gallery, stop for some sustenance and then keep it moving. Like, let's go. And uh, yeah. So I got to do that again yesterday. Um, we were at Matthew Brown gallery on La Brea. We were at uh, Shumalit Nazarian also on La Brea. We were at Charlie James gallery in Chinatown. We were at uh, Luis de Jesus gallery in the arts district in downtown LA. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that, that's, that's been my geek mode this week. Thanks to you, Joe. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad like we had a lot of fun. We went down to Laguna, uh, Matt and I went down to Laguna and saw uh, Ray's art um, in one of the museums down there. It was very, very cool. And like, he let us walk through. I, I knew exactly what to uh, expect when we walked in and he was kind of like, so this is what the rooms are. Take a look. And I was like, okay, he's going to ask us questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I was excited because I wanted to see what, what, and so, you know, it was like, we're talking about what, what the, you know, the age difference made uh, the difference in ages made on the different, artists and you know what different works were and uh, explained to us how the school was different than a lot of others it was very very cool it was cool to kind of sit and talk art with somebody who really knows it well what i like about that show was that it's not just one piece per artist it's several it's you know four or five pieces per artist so you get really i feel like you get a uh, a sense of the ideas that they're working with. And I think it's right. interesting to consider like where they're at in their career, where they're at in, in you know, age wise and, and what they're thinking about that kind of always fascinates me. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. I was excited for you guys to be there. Uh, and it was really hard not to talk comic con and Marvel with you, oh, but yeah. I we felt- had to do this the entire time <laughs> without like, he goes, he goes, so comic con, I'm like, yep. And that's all we said. <laughs> oh man. We did a pretty good job, I thought. We did a pretty good job. We brought up a couple of things, but nothing nothing that we're gonna really talk about here. Like it was just yeah. kind of like, hey, that thing. <laughs> yep. And that was that would be the extent of it. Hey, uh Quantumania. Yep. <laughs> that's it. Yep. <laughs> um so uh, I have been. I have gone towards the the fantasy realms uh, this couple of weeks doing my geeky stuff. Um, I've been prepping a game, uh, a Curse of Strahd D and D game for some friends. Uh, my husband Matt. This is going to be his first D and D experience ever. Um, he is he is picking a character that is very just like deep cut, strange character. I'm very proud of him. I thought he's just. Like he's got a really cool character that is going to be fun to work with. Um, so the for anybody who's been who's you know dabbled in D anD D, when we were growing up, D anD D is like you get you either co- come up with your own world or you get a module and you run the module. Um, I didn't want to come up with my own world because when I do that, my life stops. And so I decided that's not what my life needed right now. So I decided to run a module. Um, but that was the last time I ran a module, we didn't have the internet. (laughs) So (laughs) basically there are, there's the module and everybody's like, it's the best module out here, but here are 5,000 billion different things you can do to it to make it just that much better. And so I have literally spent the last two weeks, like combing through Reddit. And pulling together all of these different things that really make it like 
honestly the MCU of Dungeons and Dragons campaigns. Wow. So um, earlier you said, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, sorry. Go I was ahead. just going to say like, usually like, like it's fun and it's going to be really epic, but it's, I, I like, it's a lot of mental processing because <laughs> you're, you're sitting there basically assembling a story from other people's ideas of what the story should be. Oh. And it's it's a very cool exercise, but there's some days where like afterwards Matt's like, So what do you want to watch? And I'm like, the stupidest thing possible. Like I don't want to <laughs> think anymore. I am so done. I can't follow a thing. Let it be in English, please. I don't want to read anything else. <laughs> so uh, but it's been fun and I'm very excited. And because because it's kind of that dark fantasy horror kind of genre i've been watching uh i started to watch the first couple episodes of the witcher i like it i don't love it but i like it it's a fun fun thing to kind of just get lost in and watch creepy creepy fantasy stuff what was the movie it's a vin diesel movie it's like the last witch hunter or something like i heard i heard that that movie is literally just like vin diesel wanted to make a movie about his D &D character oh Really? Because it's might, all yeah. about D&D. And so I would I, watch that. And I'm not a huge Vin Diesel fan. The Last I, Witch Hunter, could, 2015. There you go. I could not tell you if that movie is of quality or not. I would guess not. But uh, I'm just trying to think, like, what do I know that's dark fantasy that sort of fits that? Yeah. Co-starring, kind of co-starring Elijah Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at it. It's just one of those like good for him, man. That's like yeah, that statement do, alone can, makes it worth watching. I'm sorry. That's, that's he's a great actor, that. and he can do whatever he wants. And I know he's also a geek, but that's yeah. That's just a weird like dude. if you're gonna tell me who's who's your sidekick character in your Vin Diesel movie, and you tell me Elijah Wood. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't make a lick of sense, but sure. <laughs> he pops up in the weirdest places. Yesterday, I was on YouTube watching um, a clip of Sway in the Morning hip-hop show, and he has rappers on doing like freestyle rap, and it was like two legends of hip-hop, Method Man from Wu-Tang Clan and oh, gee, Black yeah. Thought black thought from the roots and they're going off and it was amazing. And then the camera pans out and Elijah Wood is standing next to him, bobbing his head. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that is random, but okay. But he, okay. So he's, that means he is living, he is living his best life because he can just kind of go and do whatever he wants. And people are going to go, Oh yeah, it's Elijah Wood. And it's not yep. weird. It's just kind of what it is. You like you, it's, it's, it's weird for that split second, and then you're like, but it's Elijah Wood, and we don't care. It's fine. <laughs> Spitting fire like Mount Doom. <laughs> yes. So earlier, uh, since since we're going to be talking Comic-Con today, but mostly Marvel and DC, I, I wanted to yeah. throw this in. Uh, earlier, Joe, you said, for those who have dabbled in D and D and I've seen the trailer. So that means that's the counts, right? I've oh. dabbled in D &D. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, thoughts on the trailer. Well, I, I think I mentioned, this is one thing cause it wasn't Marvel. So it wasn't off limits. I mentioned this to you when we were out the other day. Um, I hate, I hate fandoms like with a fiery passion because there was somebody on the internet who was like, can we just stop for a second, please? We're getting a 
mainstream D&D movie starring big actors like Chris Pine, and you're upset that druids can't turn into fucking owlbears? What the hell is wrong with you people? Like, just knock it off. <laughs> oh, they show that in the trailer, right? They show yeah. that one character turns into, I mean, I guess, yeah, that owlbear is perfect description for what I saw on screen, but I never... Because <laughs> what it is, I, it's what it's called. What, uh, so what was the complaint? Is that not a thing that's possible in the game? Apparent, apparently it's not. Apparently druids can only turn into regular animals and an owlbear is like a a mythical animal, so they should be able to turn into a mythical animal. So therefore, it's like, shut up, it's fantasy. <laughs> Look, well, and not only that, but like, can't you dispel literally any argument about what you can and can't do in Dungeons and Dragons with the word homebrew? Yes, or or like, wizards you, did it, it. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> explain. Like the whole explain. So homebrew. Explain. Homebrew means you're going to fudge the rules to play the game the way you want to. Like these types of games are so open. Like the whole game is just people sitting around a table telling a story together. Like that's all it is. So the fact that this is the rule book is used as, you know, think pirates of the Caribbean. It, they're more guidelines. You know, the whole idea is you're there to play a game and have fun. And if there's a way for you to play that game and have more fun because you simplify the rules or somebody wants to do something that isn't normally in mm-hmm. part of the game. I think that's awesome. Like I don't, you know, I I've never played Dungeons and Dragons for for the record. When I was a kid, my brother and his friend down the street came up with a version they called Quest and it was using I think Advanced Dungeons and Dragons rulebook and then for items they used a NES that first Nintendo uh, gaming manual for like a Final Fantasy game just to make things really easy. You had fire armor and ice armor and fire swords and ice swords and one was strong against the other kind of like it was really simplified and we did that for like a summer and it's the only time I've ever done pen and paper. I must have been, I don't know, maybe sixth grade, seventh grade, somewhere in there. Um, and so to me, that's what tabletop gaming is is you make your own rules because if the people you're playing with don't want to sit and spend all of their time digging through 14 rule books for a game that's existed for 40 years like just play the way that's fun well and if that's an an owl bear be an owl bear (laughs) exactly if you want to be an owl bear you be an owl bear you be the best owl bear you can be um like basically basically Tabletop RPGs is like playing pretend with your friends when you were young, and the rules are just there so somebody can't say, uh-uh, you didn't hit me, I had my force field. Like, that's it. Like, that's awesome. really the extent Beautifully of it. put. Beautifully put. <laughs> because, because and, if, and if, you're, if the person running the game is like, you damn well do have a force field, then you know what? You have a force field. Like, it's that. That is what it is. All right. So, 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 so someone wanted to be, someone just wanted to say, well, actually... Yeah, if somebody, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising. No, um, it looks uh, it it looks like a fun adventure, you know, kind of swashbuckling fantasy, lighthearted thing. Michelle Rodriguez sighting as well along mm-hmm. alongside mm-hmm. Chris Pine. We got the guy from Bridgerton in there mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool how they explain like the different 
type character types right in the in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't go the the way of World of Warcraft. Oh God! <laughs> or the first, or the, the other Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, that's other, right. There's 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 two or three of them. The last one is. Or are there? Oh, oh yeah. There's one that's really it's not good, but it very much feels like a session of D and D. Like if it was just you sitting around playing that as a session of D and D, it would be awesome. But no, it's not not for a. Mm. Actual- I just know the one with what is it, Marlon Wayans in it? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is called Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Yes. I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. Cool. I look forward to it. I mean, I like fantasy stuff in in general, but it always ends up having way low of a budget for something that needs a big budget to look good. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's always just people in costumes running around in the woods. Yeah. It's like 90% yeah. of those movies. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just, well, it's kind of sad because we don't accept those kind of movies really anymore unless it has some big hook or comes from an established property, like something like the last witch hunter or whatever, which for all I know is based on a book too. But like, to me, dungeons and dragons just means it's a fantasy movie, I, but I'm sure within the world of dungeons and dragons, you have very established like characters and places or whatever, maybe that they'll reference for the fans. But to me, it just means, okay, it's a fantasy movie, but you had to put D&D on it so that it, you know, is has a familiar name to it. Otherwise, if they just called it, you know, Honor Among Thieves, I, I don't know if it would get as big of a response. That's a double-edged sword, though, right? Because I feel if you go that route and you put put a name to it like D&D, then you're also opening the door to those kinds of expectations from the fans, from the, you know, the, yeah. the, the hardcore fans that are going to expect it to, some, you know, adhere to, to that property or, or, you know, right. What they know. That's true. That's true. Hmm. Well, hopefully it's fun, but not too much fun as <laughs> was, was the, the complaint level against JJ's first Star Trek movie. If you remember, <laughs> it's just, does it become a Jumanji thing where at the end they're all actually just geeks sitting around a table playing the game? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just step out of it. All right. So um, because we are on a limited time frame and we still Sorry. did a half an hour of Weekly Geek, I'm going to stop us here. I am going to jump to a commercial and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Comic-Con and MCU and a little bit of DC. But yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> That's good. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. We are back, and I had to like, jump in. We were starting to talk, and we weren't recording, but now we are. <laughs> Let's do that over. We just can't help but start. No, it was, I'm sorry. 
I was just saying that we have the the link that I sent, which is a website discussing film, just had a rundown of all the stuff from the Marvel uh, panel and descriptions of the clips that were shown that aren't, you know, easily available in good quality on YouTube yet. And I was mm-hmm. mentioning that, but then we, I just wanted to say, I haven't read all the descriptions yet. And then we started falling into talking about the Black Panther trailer, so. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned that you you watched the um, the latest uh, episode of the what's Kevin Smith's podcast called? Uh, Fat Man Beyond. I just list. I don't watch it. I listen to it as a regular podcast. So I listened this morning while I was uh, on a walk with the the child and and the dog. Mm-hmm. But they had the editor of that trailer on um, to sort of talk about what the process is like and uh, and how he had a completely different trailer that he edited together and then. Uh, Ryan Coogler, the director of the film, came and was like, hey, we're going to do this song. And then they had to stop and complain. And he said it all came together in like a weekend. They completely wow. recut the trailer into something that was much more powerful uh, once wow. they knew the song that they they had to use that they wanted to cut to. And this guy's he's cut a lot of trailers for Marvel, right? A lot of like initial teaser trailers. Yeah, he said his first big one for Disney was the first Black Panther and that he likes teasers versus trailers because mm-hmm. he likes editing for a mood rather than for story. And it's two very different ways of editing. But mm-hmm. he like mm-hmm. did the first teaser for The Mandalorian. He did. Um, shoot, what else did he say he had done? There's some other stuff that, that he's worked on. Um, but yeah, he's worked on a handful of stuff for, for Marvel now. As well. And I haven't listened to the podcast episode that you're talking about, but apparently in that episode, Kevin Smith shouts out new rock stars. Mm-hmm. And in a new rock stars video that I watched last night, uh, Eric Voss is super happy about that shout out. He's geeking out about Kevin Smith mentioning his channel. And he's basically breaking down the Wakanda trailer in that podcast. And he played clips of the the, the editor talking about his approach, like you said, Rob. Uh, and how music is like basically what he goes by. Like it all starts with the music for him. So that led new rock stars then to say, okay, the music, if we're looking for clues as to what the story is going to be about, and more importantly, who's going to take up the mantle of Black Panther in this movie, the music, because it's so intentional and so important, you know, maybe we can jump off of that for clues. And, you know, what is the music saying? Um, what is it describing who is being shown on screen, you know, in certain parts of, of what the lyrics are saying. And that was kind of the whole approach that new rock stars took for that, for that uh, Wakanda forever breakdown video. Now, apparently we are like, people are thinking that it is going to be Nakia that, um, that takes over the mantle because it looks like there's a version of her hand blasters on the gauntlets. Well, that, that Shuri, right? That's That's what I meant. Shuri. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. I'm hoping it's Nakia to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Shuri builds everything. So that could just be, you know, a design choice that she makes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this theory. Um, because go ahead. Well, there was a couple things that were that were thrown around, and one of them is the idea of well, and I'll just say this: they didn't say it this way, but keep in mind this is the multiverse saga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And keep in mind, there's somebody else that's worn a black and gold Black Panther outfit before. Right, Killmonger. Yeah. yeah. And we're when we're looking at a, a, a multiverse, not necessarily in this movie, but if that's part of the thing, uh, what they were talking about in the podcast was this idea of, you know, you go to the, I don't, I don't remember what they call it, but it's the land of the, the descendants, the Black Panthers that have come before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're wondering if maybe we'll see Killmonger there and that kind of thing. And it's what if, um, and what I walked away with the idea, cause they're like, could it be Killmonger in some way, shape or form? It could it be Michael B. Jordan that comes back? Cause he was filming Creed three in Atlanta at the same time as this movie was filming in Atlanta and Marvel can keep a secret when they want to. Um, so could it be something like that? Uh, and, uh, but it, it very much seems like the, the film is, is more female centric, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, to me makes more sense, but it was the idea of what if in the plot of the movie, they think they're going to go and get T'Challa back somehow by going to this other world, other dimension, whatever it might be, but they end up coming back with Killmonger or some other way of bringing a dead character back here or through the multiverse, bringing somebody back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their other theory that Kevin Smith really liked the idea of, of it being um, uh, Angela Bassett's character, the, the queen. What if it's the oh, queen that comes up? Yeah. And in my head, I've been playing, because I'm a, you know, a video guy. I came from the world of, of video. And I have this idea in my head of this scene where you have, you know, her looking at the suit in the, you know, armory or whatever. And in a normal film, it would be like, so who's going to wear it? And you would cut to her and then it'll just like smash cut to, you know, either the person that's going to have it or another scene. You know, they're teasing it so that they can do the big reveal. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what if you don't do the reveal? What if you don't do the traditional, we're going to wait, we're going to ask that big question. Oh, who's it going to be? Whatever. And what if they say who, you know, who's going to wear it? And we just watch in real time, her grab the damn necklace, put it on and hit the button. And I'm just Mm -hmm. picturing the audience reaction to that of just the (laughs) screaming in the audience as no, we're not going to play it safe. We're not going to do the, we're going to, you know, hold it up and say, so who's going to wear it? And then we cut away and then we'll get the reveal later on in the movie, traditional Hollywood style. Be like, no, if it were me, it'd be like, no, I would just straight up show the person, grab it, put it on and say, let's fucking go. And how awesome that would be. Um, because yeah. hey, the the king of Wakanda was Black Panther. Why can't right. the queen of Wakanda be Black Panther? Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I would be down with that. I think my least favorite theory is is bringing Killmonger back. I mean, not that that would be terrible, but um, I'm really rooting for Nakia to to take on the the mantle. Um, and I like the theory that. You know, when Angela Bassett's character is giving that speech in the trailer about her whole family being gone, that includes Shuri at that point in the story. Yeah. And See, maybe yeah. she is dead because, or she's presumed dead because she's traveled to that ancestor realm, right? Um, there, There's, you know, cuts of uh, that new rock stars focused on of both Shuri and Nakia wearing the same gold bracelet in the trailer. And that might be where the, the the suit is held, is stored. And so if Shuri starts out having designed it and wearing it, but then she goes to the ancestor realm and Nakia has to put on that bracelet or is given that bracelet to, to wear, uh, and she sort of is able to take the mantle from there. Uh, I want to watch your movie. I think that's smart. Make one person Black Panther. So Ence goes, oh, okay, this is it. 
And then right. halfway through that person dies and has to, yeah. Right. Right. That's yeah. my favorite theory. I mean, you know, we're all just sort of another one of my favorite theories tied to this movie is that uh, Namor is is the the. I was trying to think of the fancy word, but villain, uh, protagonist, no antagonist, yeah, yeah, antagonist. Yeah. Um, really on the surface only, but it's sort of all, you know, the machinations are all at the hand of, of a doom reveal towards the end or something like that. Um, I think that's asking a lot at this point in this phase, but it is. This is. They also announced that this is the last film of Phase Four, right? Right. Right. So now, just, what do you think? You know, of, like, how does how does that make you feel? Do you feel like Phase Four, made because Phase Four started with, um, uh, uh the second Spider Man movie, right? Uh, uh, the third, No Way Home. Did, I don't know. Did it start with No Way Home? I thought it started with um, uh, started uh, with Far Black From Widow. Home. Oh wow! How how long has Phase Four been going on? No, um, <laughs> no way home. No way home is the epilogue to, um, phase three. So phase four starts with whatever the next one was, which I think was Black Widow. Yeah, Black Widow. Oh, okay. Black yeah, Widow, they- Shang Chi, Eternals, No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever. Those are the phase four films. How does that feel to you guys as a phase of Marvel? <sighs> you know. I, disjointed I, no i i mean not to me <laughs> not, not to me because i well, think I, so look at look at phase one yeah <laughs> like we you know we, it's got to start somewhere like obviously they're gonna pull it together you know in in the big big crossover event at the end that's gonna feel a lot more connected uh from movie to movie i'm fine with you know getting iron man and then getting you know some random hulk movie emo hulk movie and then getting you know fucking thor like in asgard you know before they figured out how they were going to approach that character that's just as and then and then captain america in, in the 1940s it to me it's just as disjointed if not more well for for me i think the problem is is i don't feel like it's i i feel like it doesn't it's not ending with something to pull it together we don't know that yet but but it is we do because i mean like wakanda forever i don't think is the movie that's going to pull it all together and that's the last movie in phase four. I think it is. You think it's going to pull it all together? Like we're going to have a, we're, it's going to be, it's going to be an Avenger level event. And keeping uh, in mind the phase now can contains the Disney plus shows. True. Right. Cause I don't think we're going to get, I don't think we're not going to get Kamala Khan in this. We're not going to get She-Hulk in this. We're not no. going to get. Right. Right. Dr. We Strange might not get all this. this. Right, we might not get all the characters a la an Avengers film, but I think story-wise, event-wise, to be honest, you know, I think Civil War can be seen as its own uh, type of, like, that type of film. I think No Way Home is huge on that level. I think Multiverse of Madness was huge on that level, so I expect Wakanda Forever to also be huge on that level. I guess I'm looking okay. at it differently than, you know, it doesn't mean that all these characters are going to team up in Wakanda forever, but I think story-wise we are going to get like this is this is where we're at so far and now boom, like going forward this is, you know, um 
similar to at the end of the first Avengers film where we finally get the Thanos reveal, you know, in the in the mid credits scene. Hmm. Okay. I hope it's not. I hope it's not. I don't want this to be, you know, where the end of the movie you get the reveal of uh, like at the end of Eternals, you know, where the, that felt more like they were trying to tee up what's to come yeah. broadly for the Marvel Universe. I It feels like, and this is another thing that was said in that podcast, but that they're taking a, a whole movie, which, you know, looks like it's going to be freaking two and a half hours plus. Uh, they're taking a whole movie just to step back and take a beat and grieve and recognize the loss of Chadwick Boseman. And True. that's all I want this movie to be. I don't great. You can have Namor in it. I guess if you want to have doom at, and at, you know, in one of your tags at the teaser, but the bulk of this film until we hit the credits, I don't really want it to have to do with anything else in the larger Marvel universe. Like to this point, Nobody has mentioned the freaking celestial that grew out of the ocean at the end of Eternals. <laughs> I don't want I don't know that I want this to be the movie that does it unless somehow that has to do with the Atlantis thing um mm-hmm. of screwing up the oceans um you know water levels or or whatever the hell. Like I don't want this to be the th- I don't want this movie to have anything to do with Iron Man. You know, I don't want this movie to have anything to do with uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, I, I don't want it to have anything to do. Like, I want the movie to be about Wakanda and mm-hmm. Wakanda interacting with the rest of the world and what it looks like, which is this family, this nation grieving like that. I want that so much. I don't want Dr. Strange in this movie. You know what I mean? Well, in the comic books that this is supposedly sourced from, Doom does find a way to pit Namor and Atlantis against Wakanda. And in that story, Wakanda is flooded. So, and he has his own nation. So it becomes a (laughs) geopolitical situation. And I guess in that sense, I'm okay, but I don't want it to be the like, Ooh, Dr. Doom, let's talk about what this is going to mean for the greater Marvel universe and be like, no, I just want, just tell me a good story at this point. Right. That's what I'm wanting from this phase is because to me, they seem disjointed in that they're giving you little hints of things, but there's so much content. There is so Mm -hmm. much Marvel right now. I'm like, good. (laughs) Take your time. Like Moon Knight didn't have anything to do with anything else. That's what I want. You know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, that can. That's Captain America. You want to tie that into greater Marvel Avengers? Sure. Fine. But it's like. I want this story, just like the first Black Panther, you can watch on its own. Mm -hmm. Um, I Um, want this to be a movie that you could mostly, you know, watch on on your own. Um, I mean, this is a nation that got attacked by a bunch of aliens, I guess, in in, uh, Infinity War. And we haven't really seen what has happened to Wakanda since then. Uh, Also, with all the talk of who's going to be the new Black Panther, no love for Okoye anywhere? I think Okoye has her own thing going. I don't think she'd want it. And I think I think she is uh I mean, she's my favorite character in the Marvel Universe, honestly. But um I I think I, I think she stands alone better without the I think like, she's better without the Black Panther mantle, where I think That's all right. the other characters would be improved by the the mantle. She was the um, one sort of on that council in Endgame, you know. So she yeah, was yeah. almost his replacement during the blip. The trailer starts with the first initial shot is of Nakia, 
it could be also, you know, bookended by that last shot being her in the costume. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Suit. Um, when Ryan Coogler announced the cast at Comic Con uh, for the first film, he brought out um, Chadwick obviously first, and for this film, he brought out um, Lupita Nyong'o first. So we'll, 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 we'll <laughs> I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Cause I think that would be awesome. I'd like to see more of her, but uh, I'm going to move us yeah. on guys because hold on, hold like, on. <laughs> we've got la- phase four. <laughs> Last thing about, about the doom possible doom reveal at the end of the first Avengers, the whole film is about um, the alien invasion. And at the very end we get, you know, to challenge earth is to court death. And then just the quick turnaround Thanos face doesn't even say anything in the film. It could be as simple as that. Uh, yes. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, it's SS Corp- SX Corporation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was the last thing I wanted to say about that. Okay, so um, if you do look at the the one big thing that's different between Phase One and Phase Four, um, which other than not having an Avengers title um, ending it, is the fact that we've got all. This is the first time we had the Disney Plus series. So that does kind of change what they're doing a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a little reason why we're not ending with an Avengers. But I do feel like it needed some big tie together that brought Phase 4 together. Mm-hmm. But that's going to put a lot of that, um, the, the onus of that on Phase 5, which ends with Thunderbolts. And Thunderbolts, I think, is our Avengers of Phase 5. And I think it's going to be a very Empire Strikes Back. And if you look at Phase 2, that's where you had Ultron. And I think that makes sense. That's very interesting to me that Phase 5 would end with a show and not a film. No, Thunderbolts is a film. What? Yeah. Pretty no, sure. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, that's going to be your Dark Avengers. And I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's your Young oh. Avengers versus, and keeping in mind two months prior is the Captain America movie, which I am not convinced is New World Order um, because Marvel lies. That's one of my mm-hmm. biggest points. Like one of the notes yes. that I, I put in here, everything yeah. on these these giant graphics that show the calendar, every single thing on it is a lie until that thing hits the theater, as far as That's I'm concerned. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Because we have to remember Captain America Serpent Society was announced and on that calendar. And then he goes, mm, but you know what? I don't like that title. And they, the whole audience, you know, the, the lights go out. And then on the screen goes Captain America and it goes Civil War. The audience loses their shit. And then they walk uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. out on stage together. Like go watch that video. I love, I, I do love those videos because I love that fan joy, but that tells me, you know, the Agatha house of Harkness is now coven of chaos. I don't, I don't buy it. Like everything on this thing can change. The titles can change, but the order has changed. Time. They've they had, they've had time. movies on there that turned into um, shows. The inhumans yeah. was supposed to be a movie. Right. If you go all the way back and look at the thing. So when they're so far out, yeah, yeah, and things, things do weren't. change, right? But it feels so, like when they're that far out, it changes kind of by happenstance because their plans change. Whereas the 
the you know secret the serpent society to civil war reveal was like an intentional like we had this plan all along gotcha that he, he revealed immediately in the same presentation you know what i mean but that had been announced previously it's a thing mm-hmm. that they said was coming and then there they decided to change it and it's the same as uh go back and watch the first trailer for infinity war Oh, uh, mm-hmm. you see the Hulk running behind the rest of the Avengers. Well, the Hulk yeah. wasn't in that movie. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things like that that Marvel does intentionally to make things surprises, which I appreciate. It's just right. be- because of that, when I look at the calendar and what's happening, you know, that's not to say Thunderbolts will suddenly become a show, but it's just if the Thunderbolts gets renamed to the Dark Avengers or, you know, they add in a, a, a subtitle or something to any of these movies... It wouldn't surprise me. They just don't want to tell us yet because they don't want to give it away because maybe something that happens in the Marvels comes from season two of Loki. Right, right. I don't know. If it's still the same at D23 in August, I'm I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to be a okay. lot more skeptical about that. But I do Thunderbolts yeah. make sense as the end because to me that's going to be an Avengers movie. The Thunderbolts yeah. In my mind, that's going to be the team that uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, the Contessa, is putting together. Um, yeah. Because I think we went over that, or I think I did this, maybe it was on the Slack, because I did the rundown of all the characters we've seen thus far, which are basically going to be the Thunderbolts, the Dark Avengers versions of the original Avengers team, because yeah. we have analogs for almost every single one of those characters now. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised that um, we get um, Secret Invasion so early because I really did think that Secret Invasion, that the Contessa was going to be a scroll because she's the f- spoilers for people who want to read, go back and read the comics. Um, for Secret Invasion, she's the first scroll reveal. Um, so I honestly thought that that's what we were going to get, but I don't, I don't know that that's it, what we're going to It get. really seems like they're going to make Secret Invasion more like a, a fun mini series than a huge revelation, by the way, Black Widow isn't dead, that was a scroll kind of thing. Like I was expecting yeah. Secret Invasion to be bigger as well, and I feel like it's not going to be. It's going to be a fun TV show. But by and large, the shows don't feel like they've had as much consequence with maybe the exception of um, WandaVision. But even then, at the beginning of Doctor Strange movies, like, I'm not here to talk about that. So I feel Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the TV shows, I don't know how much overall impact they're going to have on the rest of the movies, because I think they want people to be able to go from movie to movie and not be lost. That makes sense. That does and make I sense. Hope they, I hope they keep Secret Invasion smaller because that would be a terrible idea to make Black Widow turn out to be a scroll. Well, I don't mean Black Widow. It's yeah. just in general, the whole point of Secret Invasion was you don't know who now is has been a scroll and how long they've been a scroll, which is a cool idea. It's just, like Joe said, kind of where it is here in the story and especially what's right. around it. Like you're coming off of quantum mania, which is going to be, it feels like that's going to be the big, like who is Kang? This is our, one of our new big bads on the cosmic scale. You have guardians of the galaxy on their other side of it. That's also um, big in cosmic in scale. It's not going to have as much to do with what's going on on earth. You have the Marvels, then 
which I guess is maybe partly in it, but there like doesn't seem to be a ton going on there. That's like the lower stakes, what's happening on planet earth versus galaxy stuff seem to be the Mm -hmm. big things surrounding secret invasion. When I say, I hope they keep secret invasion small, I guess, I mean, I hope they keep the scroll revelation small because going big with that stuff invalidates a lot of audience, you know, buy-in and, and that sort of thing. And, and just, you know, uh, you don't want to go too far with that stuff, I think. Right. Sure. Well, and then the other th- the other thing is, is I do think that they need, I think we're going to get, um, I think we're going to get Hulkling in that. That's going to introduce what? Hulkling uh, in Secret Invasion. Oh, why? Oh, because he's a scroll. Because uh, he's a scroll. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. and I think him, he's basically the last Young Avenger I think we need because we're getting stature in Ant Man and Wasp Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actually getting stature. We're not getting, oh, it's Cassie Lang. It's like, no, she's actually going to have powers and stuff. Um, so, but, okay. so that makes makes me think that in phase six, those two untitled movies, I think at least one of those is going to be Young Avengers. That makes sense. And I think you might have another Spider Man in there. Because that's that's a lot of stuff to go through without going back and addressing Peter Parker going back to just being the Spider-Man he is. Or do you think they hold off until an Avengers movie? I think they hold off until an Avengers movie. I think you. I think you'll get. I think you'll get Doctor Strange. Um, and Doctor, we've got to get Doctor Strange back in here somewhere. And so I think the other the other one of these movies is going to be. Um, the next Doctor Strange movie, huh? Because it, because I mean, like, <laughs> if the whole thing is the multiverses, and he's been he's played such a huge role in both the Spider Man movie and his own movie with these multiverses, you still you need another you need another appearance of Doctor Strange because he's now currently in another multiverse. He's not, I mean, in a different realm. He's not in okay. our world. Well, if we're getting Blade, I mean, should we, are we just kind of skipping straight to phase six and kind of what we think we're looking at? Do we get more supernatural? Do we get a Ghost Rider? Do we get, do we get a Doom standalone movie? Well, I think we skipped over something kind of important in that in phase five, the first film, which is Quantumania, that's going to be like a full on Kang film. Like he's in that movie, he's Mm -hmm, revealed mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. his costume Right. So that in order for for us to go full Kang Dynasty in phase six, they have to we have to be, you know, be familiar with the character. I was really worried about the idea that they would go straight from introducing Kang to the Kang Dynasty. It's like, let's, you know, give us a few, you know, stories to live with the character first before you, you know, we meet the entire council and everything. Um, So that's going to happen right away at the beginning of phase five. So phase five. I, it's really confusing me that they would start with introducing Kang in Quantumania. And is that it? Does that mean there's no more Kang in the rest of it? Like Captain America, New World Order, like you said, Rob, could be, you know, a, a red herring. Um, God, I hope that saying doesn't have racist connotations somewhere in its original. <laughs> um or Thunderbolts could also be something different. I well, well you two have been talking. I'm also kind of going, ooh, what? What would be an interesting, like, 
reveal? What if it's Captain America something else? What would it be instead of New World Order? What if instead of Thunderbolts, that movie's going to be called something else? And I'm wondering if we're seeing any potential. I love this this breakdown uh, one of you typed up in the show notes. Is there potential for mutants to show up anywhere in here? I guess you would almost have to somewhere in there. But yeah, that's an excellent point. Unless it's in the Marvels, it is very possible one of those movies could end up having something more mutant related. But I mean, to your point, I also don't want to put the pressure on Quantum Mania to be what we thought the Eternals was going to be, what we thought Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was going to be in terms of shaping what the MCU is going to look like. Because that's the big thing when we talk about it being disjointed thus far is everybody's looking for that thing that's going to shape what the broad story is going to be going forward, but that's not what we're getting. We're getting a, Mm -hmm. we're stepping back and we're going to look at all of these different characters individually and give them stories. So while we're going to get Kang and that's going to be a major part of quantum mania, maybe it's just a story about here's what's going on with Ant-Man and the Wasp now post end game versus we have to shape what the MCU is going to look like. It feels more like they're doing now. We're just going to keep telling stories. Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to be such a streamlined vision for the MCU going forward. I mean, just Mm -hmm. looking at the the scattershot of titles here, I think they're going to do a whole bunch of random crap and have fun with it. And then they're going to get to secret wars and they're going to, if not scrap everything, they're going to use that to try and bring everything back together. I think they're going to want it to feel a little scattershot if they're doing the John Hickman version rather anyway of, of Secret Wars. If they're doing the original version and you're getting the Beyonder, then all freaking bets are off. I have no freaking clue what that would look like. Right, right. What if Agatha Coven of Chaos is like Scarlet Witch House of M? Yes. I was looking oh. at that and thinking like that feels like our sequel to Dr. Strange. Right. That well, that's feels where like, I, I do. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupt. No, no. It's just that I think is where we're going to see more repercussions between that and Loki season two, I think is the idea of where we're supposed to see repercussions in terms of the whole multiverse thing. And some of mm-hmm. that might roll out of quantum mania as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that in Agatha, um, Coven of Chaos, that you might, you're right, it might be a Scarlet Witch House of M kind of idea, but regardless, I do think that's where we're going to get our Scarlet Witch back, and I Mm -hmm. think that's where we're going to get a more adolescent um, Wiccan and Speed. That was my other question for you. Yeah, please, please on from those child actors. Oh, my God. I think they're going to be, that's because you'll notice it sets up, I think this is what's going to happen. You're going to have... them introduced in Agatha Coven of Chaos. You've got Daredevil kind of introduced right in there, finally kind of solidifying that he's here, like he gets his story. Captain America is going to be the fall of the Avengers. It's going to be basically like Captain something's going to happen. Dark Avengers? No, I think it's going to be Captain America. Well, even if it's New World Order, it's going to be the Cap- Captain America trying, or it's going to be the Avengers. It's going to be a Civil War-like movie where all the Avengers are in it. And you're going to see them fall. You're going to see Thunderbolts be kind of the um, whatever's left of of the Avengers fighting against these Dark Avengers. And then you're going to have, I think, a Young Avengers movie in Phase 6 that is going to be them 
reestablishing the 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 Avengers. You know what? Does that make sense? Well, it's yeah. all going to lead up to Secret Wars, and I've heard some theories that Secret Wars is going to be the the Avengers versus the X Men. I'd hope um. not. <laughs> Man, I well, really no, I mean that's not. I kind of just I, don't want to see the X Men for a while. Well, I I think it was Ray that sent me a message that said basically that um, a lot of the actors in the X Men franchises are still under Fox contract until twenty twenty five. Yep. Huh. Okay. So, so that that could be the Avengers versus Fox's X Men. Or I don't I don't think so. I think because it's at the you know it's like. Late in 2025, those those contracts might be up. I don't know that you're going to see them until after. I don't think you're going to see any like mainstream X Men until after Avengers Secret Wars, and I don't think Avengers Secret Wars is going to be an end game. I think Avengers Secret Wars is going to be an Infinity War. I think you're going to end Secret Wars very like everything. Everything is up in the air. And this I think whatever yeah. whatever comes back in phase seven is going to introduce what is going to be the Marvel Universe moving forward. Here's what, yes, here's what exactly. That ties into what I'm saying, Joe. Here's where I think that we could get uh, Marvel, uh, sorry, Fox's X-Men characters or X-Men universe in the final year of their contract at the end of the final year of their contract, because secret wars could be a, um, uh, what is the DC, uh, called the event called, um, crisis on infinite earth. So, You're saying so, it's an, in, it's an incursion it's, and we see the destruction of the Fox universe. Exactly. And the one character that falls out of the incursion and still lives is Deadpool. <laughs> because well, I'm cool with that, but I do I, think it's that I, it's 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 what No Way Home did for Spider Man at the end, which is reset it and then simplify it going forward. I think that's my that might be what Secret Wars is going to be for the Marvel Universe. I kind of I kind of agree with you, yeah. and and my feeling is is that because um, something I'm trying to remember what triggered it, and I said it to. Um, Ray, I think, and I it was one of those you sent me back a mind blown emoji, and I, then we just stopped talking about it because we knew we'd get into it. Um, <laughs> but basically, multiverse of madness and um, and uh, Spider Man, I feel, has made all the Fox X Men movies up until now canon. Yeah. So at this point, you can have these characters just thrown in willy nilly. Yes. And they'll pick the ones that they want the most, the ones that they like, the ones that are most access- accessible contract wise. Uh, you're not going to see Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and you're going to throw, then they can throw them into whatever Secret Wars is. But I don't think we're going to get a Marvel X Men until after. And yeah, I would hope I, I would hope not. But no, I, I think I think we're all sort of agreeing on that same because if mm-hmm. we learned anything, especially from Spider Man, is Marvel is willing to have fun now. They know they're gonna make a freaking billion dollars no matter what they do. And if they yeah. give you a hint of some massive piece of fan service, it's going to help them financially, which means the studio, uh, you know, the people above Kevin Feige, whoever that might be, um, 
backs off because he can say, okay, but look what I did with Spider-Man. All we did was give fans exactly what they asked for. Mm -hmm. And we didn't. Now, my question for you in terms of the young Avengers and stuff though, even though he wasn't a young Avenger, he was a champion is what if one of these other movies in here is the introduction of Miles Morales? Right. Right. Because I kind of want as much as I love our current Spider-Man. Tom Holland. I kind of want Tom Holland to die and be replaced by Miles Morales. (laughs) I think one of these big movies could be a place that that happens. Yeah. Tom Holland has stated that he doesn't want to be playing Peter Parker anymore once he's in his 30s. And that's coming up soon. Very soon. Yeah. Yeah, as, I think as he's ready to move on, and I think we are going to transition to a Miles Morales, and then we've got we've got a younger we've got a younger Marvel lineup, which I think is is good, and I think it it is more diverse and more interesting, and there's a lot of more stories that they can tell. I'm I am ready for them to start moving into. We've not done this in the comics at all. Yeah, mm. stop. Mm. Oh. But do they about, need that? Do they need to be tied to things that have happened in the comics in order for the fan base to get excited versus doing their own thing? Like, is it dangerous for them to try? I know, granted, a lot of the stories they've done already are a far departure from the comic books. But like, do they need to be able to say the name Kang instead of coming up with, you know, Joe Hogan is the new big bad and everybody's like, we don't know who that is. Why are you spoilers, making up stop, spoilers? You know, you know what I mean? People aren't supposed you, to, I told you that in confidence, Rob. <laughs> but if you, if you don't say Galactus, if you don't say a name that people can go Google or that fans already know and get excited, which makes non fans excited, mm-hmm. are they still going to be seeing the kind of returns? Are they going to see the kind of, uh, money and attention that they want if they come up with something that has no tie to the comics i don't think they're worried about that we're getting so much setup here well i mean we're getting so much content i guess if you want you can see it as setup because of where things are going towards secret wars um we're i mean i'm just again kind of stepping back and looking at this so we're getting um uh kang we're getting more kang for sure um, we're getting, um, iron, the young Avengers for sure. Um, we're getting a, a, with blade, I'm assuming comes like a, a dark universe, you know, we're getting a dark Avengers for sure. We're getting fantastic four, which means doom for sure. That's a lot already without X-Men thrown in there. Yeah, they're really expanding out the universe. And I also would like to point out, and I hope, I'd like to see a Fantastic Four movie without Doctor Doom in it. Yeah, same. Same. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't disagree. Maybe he's just on the periphery, though. Like, it doesn't have to be... I, don't, I, I would like for him to be nodded to, included in some way, but... Sure, you know, he can exist I'll, in the universe. I just... Yes, we've had how many go. films where he's the bad guy? Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I firmly believe we're going to get an Avengers versus X-Men movie, and it's going to be uh, Fox's Avengers. I'm sorry, Fox's... Ooh, there's a scary thought. Uh, Fox's <laughs> X-Men. Yeah, well, and because because they don't have to they don't have to create a whole new introduction movie to throw them in there. Exactly. How do you do that without Hugh Jackman? Or do they just have to back up that dump truck full of money? 
and not only that but i think i think that if you're huge jackman and you're worried you're worried huge that oh, <laughs> sorry it's early no, guys you, no um, you're not joe joe no you're not <laughs> it's true um so if you've got hugh jackman um if if you're him looking at all of this and looking at where they're going with it and looking at something like um No Way Home which was just mm-hmm. like a very very cool movie that everybody loved I don't know how you pass up the opportunity to pass the torch and I think that that because this has become such a um such a juggernaut no pun intended of of a social phenomena i don't know how you sit there and go yeah no i don't want to be a part of this like i just don't i don't see it where you can say it's not going to affect this amazing performance that you did and there's going to be other wolverines you know there's going to be other wolverines so why not take the opportunity to pass the mantle on not only that kevin feige began his career as an executive producer on the first X-Men film. You don't right. think he wants to bring his career full circle and be the oh, one absolutely. to give a proper send-off to that Fox franchise? He absolutely does, and he has the power to do it now. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. So who, who if, if Captain America, and I do like this idea that Captain America is basically Avengers disassembled. Um, Ooh, and oh, then, there it is. That's, the that's, title, that's right? it. That's, that's it. it right there. That's it. And we and then we move into that cuz out of that you don't have the adult Avengers anymore. So now you have the young Avengers are yep. the people that are going to have to fight against the Thunderbolts which are going to in effect be your dark Avengers. I don't think they're going to actually introduce, you know, Citizen V and and the Beetle and all of these other characters that we don't know. I mean, I guess you have all of Phase 5 to introduce them, but I I wouldn't expect that. Uh but then the question becomes, okay, who is your lone mentor of the young Avengers? And does that mean one of these movies is Avengers or TV shows is Avengers Academy? Um, right. But who is, mm-hmm. who is our, who is our guy that's going to lead those young Avengers? Like, is that another Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye? Is that Bucky? Um, you know, is it, mm-hmm. is it Sam Wilson trying to teach, new Avengers for whatever reason that to me doesn't quite click. Right. Yeah. I heard but you. Bucky. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to figure out who would be the adult that's most annoyed, but also works the best with kids. And I mean, I guess maybe that's Ant-Man. But. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Ant-Man. I think, I think the Ant-Man franchise is going to be moving on after phase six. I yeah. don't think, but if Bucky get becoming Scott Captain Lane. America, like what's his next arc? Where, where do the scrolls fit into all this? I don't think they do. I kind of think they have secret invasion and you have whatever might happen in the Marvels. And then I kind of expect them to fade into the background and then like come out as, you know, the army through the portals at the end of the movie to help the good guys. I if well, like, because again, no. they're not in my mind. They're still not good guys. I don't, I don't no. care what Captain Marvel said. They're uh, people at war with the Kree, and I think that's just going to be its own whole thing. I don't know that the Kree-Skrull war is going to factor into 
you know, I mean, I guess maybe Secret Wars, but I still don't know what the Kang dynasty is because Kang is about time travel. And I feel like we already did our time travel story. Right, right. I, I'm all in with what Captain Marvel said. Scrolls are absolutely the good guys and Creed are absolutely the imperialistic, terrible villains. I love that. And I will cling to that for as long as I can. Well, I do um, think I do think Secret Invasion. I do not think that Secret, Secret Invasion is has nothing to do with the scrolls that we know of. Secret Invasion has to do with the scrolls that are still out there. and. I, from what I've heard, is the scrolls we know, like Talos and and his clan, are are helping us fight against the rest of the scrolls. Yes. And so I think like that the makes extremist, the way Ronan was an extreme Kree. Yeah, and then I think that makes the Marvels the uh, an opportunity for the the Kree Skull War. I think that's what that's yeah. going to be right there. So and that would be that would be cool. I would dig that. So then, Secret Invasion, the Marvels. Um, scrolls, sword, that's one sandbox is what you're saying. Loosely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think and honestly, thinking about it, that might be who you're if you wanna if you want a non-doom fantastic four, super scrolls, there's there's your there's yep, your true bad and, guy. And does Order. that include because that's space-based, right? Mm-hmm. Does that include Guardians and um, Adam Warlock and uh, the High Evolutionary? Like, does that because we're getting that? Yeah, and I think Guardians of the Galaxy. I think is your um, Eternals storyline. I don't think it's a space storyline. I think I think Guardians of the Galaxy is going to have more Eternals tie-ins than it is going to have Eros and and what else did we get? That's your Hip the Troll. Pip the Troll. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be more. Yeah, I mean, I I'm looking at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three as sort of a send off to most of those characters. Yeah. Um, and then whoever they have stick around, but we know it's the end of Drax. From what I read of the description mm-hmm. of the trailer, it yeah. very much feels like it's the end of Rocket because. Yeah. Sorry, guys, raccoons don't live that long. Um, <laughs> and it sounds like we're going to find his origins as being experimented upon. It sounds like it's going to be a heart, just utter heartbreak of a movie. MCU uh, might want to be stepping away from from Chris Pratt as well. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I think I think we're not going to get too many more Guardians of the Galaxy movies. You might see them show up here and there, but I think yeah, I think yeah. that's that's the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I I think that's fine because I think with such a crowded roster, it's okay to let some of them drop off. What about how are we going to get Nova and Quasar? I think that's what you get out of it. I have a feeling that Quasar is going to come out of now. And this is my big question for, for people because I'm still not convinced of, of what it was. The end of Miss Marvel at the mm-hmm. very end is we see Miss Marvel sort of turn into Captain Marvel. And the big question is, is that a representation of her powers in the comics where the first thing that happens to her when her powers activate as a shapeshifter is she turns into Miss Marvel because that is what she thinks she should look like as a superhero or is, that is really it happen? That's in the comic books. Yeah. That's, that's how she no gets way. her powers. Yeah. She yeah. starts out like she, she comes out of one of those uh, inhuman cocoons and she looks like Ms. Marvel. No yes. way. And by Miss yeah. Marvel, we mean Carol like Danvers, Carol Danvers blonde and busty in a swimsuit. And that's oh. why people were upset about the change in her powers was because so much of her original story is about a teenage girl being comfortable in her own body. What? 
But yeah. the other thing is if what she was wearing was actually one of the, not the quantum bands, which is what Quasar uses, but the nega bands, which is what uh, the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, used, is uh, Rick Jones, the sometime, <laughs> this gets deep cut, so I apologize. Rick Jones, the sometime sidekick of Captain Marvel, sometime sidekick of the Avengers, sometime sidekick of the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. um, had these bands, and when he smacked them together, he would transport into the negative zone and Captain Marvel would take his place. So that was your superhero changing into civilian identity thing, kind of like the original Donald Blake and Thor, where they weren't actually the same person. They just traded places. Um, That seems to be the other option of what really happened is that is really Captain Marvel because she put on the other bracelet. And so now the bracelet means you trade places with one another or one of you goes to the negative zone or whatever, which means that's the Captain Marvel thing of the human slams the bracelets together and trades place with the superhero and they share right. a, a body. Uh, my understanding is, is that, well, my that. understanding is, is that is actually what has happened. Like they've talked about, somebody has said, no, that is what happened is that they switched. But now places. it doesn't make sense. Who said that? For, confirmed by MCU. Who said I, I'm that? pretty sure it's confirmed. I don't remember, but I remember in either new rock stars or somewhere that it was somebody confirmed that yes, they did switch places that it wasn't her making herself look like captain Marvel. And so now Carol Danvers, because Carol Danvers is looking at the room that she's in and going, Oh no, like she's in, she can tell she's in a a young girl's bedroom bedroom. And now that young girl's wherever she was, which is I'm guessing in the middle of a scroll Cree war. And so, yes, so that makes the sense for the impetus for the Marvels. And it also makes sense for that to maybe have something to do with the space stone because Captain Marvel getting the power she has from a a stone, which has the power over space seems weird. Anyway, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Question. Does this have any implications or connections to the homing beacon activated in Shang-Chi's bracelets? At the end of Shang Chi, they found a homing beacon or some kind of signal. Right? Is what is that? I always, I for some reason, I kind of connected that to the bracelets that um, that Miss Marvel that that Kamala was wearing. Or, or well, wore. that wouldn't surprise me, but I also don't know where Shang Chi comes back into really any of it, um, because I don't know what that connection is. But I look at it as. Okay, if the bracelet or something gives you the power to make crystal or let's just call them hard light constructs, mm-hmm. that is literally Quasar's power set from the comic books. He's basically Marvel's mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Is yeah. he and has I think- bracelets that let him make in the comics they're yellow, but they <coughs> let him make these hard light constructs. But I don't know how that also becomes the quantum bands that have you trade places people, but also fire their own blood. Like, I don't know where all of this wraps up. I have a feeling they're just going to kind of smash a bunch of that together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that you are going to find, because a, a lot of people are like, and I think again, I've heard, I, I think I remember hearing that this isn't the final quote unquote form of Kamala Khan's powers. I mm-hmm. think once she gives up the, the, Negaman, whatever, whatever it is, her mutant um, power will will take over. It, right, it will be her. Yeah, her her mutant power will be what we are normally used to seeing her do. And right. that that would will, be cool. That would be cool to see in you know in some movie and you know as as a as a sort of evolution of her character. 
Yeah, she's going to like lose the bangle somewhere in the Marvels and then realize that she uh, that's actually not her power, that she can actually mm-hmm. just do it without, like she can expand her body without. Mm-hmm. The, right, because uh, I'm just, I'm curious how all of that links together and the bracelets and then are they going to say that they're going to go to a human character that gets to trade places with Captain Marvel as a way of taking the most powerful character in the Avengers out of the picture? You know, it's the Superman is on a mission to deep space uh, mm-hmm. window that the Justice League cartoon used so they could have villains that were a threat um, right. versus, well, if Superman's there, they're no longer a threat. You know, do they use right. that to, to get rid of her? Uh, I don't know, but it seems like maybe we don't get a Galactus. Maybe we don't get an Annihilus for several more years, if at all. Right. Um, which I'm cool with, but there's a lot of gaps there in phase six. Um, and I keep trying to think like, what does a Kang dynasty movie look like if we're already kind of done with time travel? And it's the, that's gotta be the breaking of the multiverse. So that right. Super Wars becomes your battle world thing. Um, yeah. Cause maybe blade isn't, maybe blade doesn't take place in the MCU. Hmm. You know, but I wouldn't mind seeing, I guess right now your your characters would be like Blade, Daredevil, and Moon Knight on uh-huh. some version of the Midnight Suns. Um, or if they somehow pull in the Ghost Rider from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hashtag Coulson Ooh. lives. I would love to see Agent Coulson back in it because the people who cared about him aren't around anymore. God, get your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. away from my MCU, please. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's talk of like you just pull in the characters people like. You pull in Quake and or just I'm a fan of Agent Coulson, but I never finished watching Agents of Shield. I stopped in like season two. All I know is I, they I had stopped a, in season four they, or five, and yeah, I I didn't finish it either. Right, but Coulson's they had dead, a ghostwriter. Is what I'm. They had a ghostwriter, and it's tangentially related to the MCU. Even though they were again, the reason it stopped being connected to the MCU is they were in a different timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're playing with right now. Colson's dead. What if the person? What if the person <laughs> leading the Thunderbolts is Agent Colson? The person oh, who brought that- the original one together is now your bad guy. That is completely mm-hmm. out of left field. Oh, he is Citizen V. That would be hilarious. That'd be amazing. Yes, because he's a mockery of Captain America more so than U.S. Agent. Um, I I do think that um, one of the things that they had talked about with the Kang Dynasty is kind of uh, I, I think this is a new Rockstars thing where he talked about um, it might be layers of um, on top of the layers we've already gotten with the time travel of you know Kang going Kang going and trying to mess up the timeline and all types of thing and them going and destroying bunches of Kangs. Like, you know, there's a Kang trying yeah. to get rid of this part of the timeline. They go get him. They can try and or get dealing that with timeline. the mortis and mm-hmm. the other forms of Kang. And they think that the end, they, they, you know, and at the end they think they've, they've gotten it and whatever that happens, whatever happens at the end of Kang dynasty turns into battle world. And that's explored in secret worlds. Because what if one of the things Kang does is follow Captain America through time as he replaces the stones? Mm-hmm. And then oh, we see yeah. the return of an Infinity Gauntlet. Because I mean, big... doesn't, doesn't Doom wield the Infinity Gauntlet in Secret Wars? Yes, he does. He becomes God Emperor Doom of Battle World, where 
all these random pieces of these other universes are all brought together. And, um, and then you find out that he's been using the molecule man, who is one of the most powerful characters in Marvel, even though he was always kind of a side fantastic four villain. Um, what about, uh, do you yeah. think doom, I think doom d- deserves or, 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 I think he gets the honor of being the first Marvel MCU villain to get his own movie. Mm-hmm. I think but they've fair. talked about it. Yeah. They've, they've said that that might, that that's definitely uh because one of the big things of Dr. Doom, one of the first things he did is he famously has the time platform, like doom built a time machine yeah, mm-hmm. and went back in time. And that's how the fantastic four first encountered uh, Pharaoh Rama Tut, who would go on, in other timelines to become Kang the Conqueror. Again, I can get I can get deep cuts on all this stuff. And you yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we brought you like, on, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you're here, sir. Let's so go. You 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 can tie it together, but the question isn't like you know you guys have been saying. It's not necessarily how do they do it in the comics. You know they can go their own way. It's how does it translate into what they want to do with the MCU? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. One last thing, because I don't know who's who's typing in the alternate. It is not um, I. It is me. I'm calling my shots here. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, so we're changing Agatha Coven of Chaos to Scarlet Witch House of M. Uh, Captain America New World Order is Avengers Disassembled. And Thunderbolts is the Young Avengers. I don't think Thunderbolts is the Young Avengers. But I think no, that comes happen. later. Somebody said... Um, we're not going to get the beetle. We're not going to get. I disagree because yeah. I think the bad guy in Ironheart is going to be the beetle. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Okay. Uh, or, I mean, he's going to be one of many ironclad bad guys, but I know he in. in Where is Armor Wars? Armor Wars is not up there yet. It's down, like, if you go oh. down below phase seven, there's four untitled movies known to be in phase seven. Oh, my God. And this shows. keeps going. Because <laughs> we then, know and, that's happening, but that's got to yeah. be where you would get the beetle. I would figure he would have to be introduced in Armor Wars. I am guessing he's going to be in, I'm guessing that that's going to be somewhere in phase six. Um, but I think in Ironheart, you're going to get, you're going to get the, be- I think you're going to get the beetle in that one because the beetle and, um, it's a horrible it's a horrible name but screaming mimi become two very good strong marvel universe characters and they they i think mock something and songbird are their hero names and so i think you're going to find that they're going to be in here somewhere so that they can be incorporated into the thunderbolts rob what do you think do you not think Thunderbolts is going to be the title of that film? I think it will be the title of the film, but contrary oh. to your note of saying it's the Young Avengers, which maybe it will involve the forming of them, I think the Thunderbolts is going to be Marvel's Suicide Squad. I think it's going to show how all of those characters come together. I think we're going to see them maybe come together in a post credit scene in the Captain America movie. When you say those characters, who are you talking about? I'm talking about our analogs to the original Avengers team. You're going to have U.S. agent instead of Captain America. You're going to have Abomination instead of the Hulk. You're going to have uh, Yelena instead of Black Widow. You're going to have maybe the Swordsman instead of um, Hawkeye. You're going to have um, uh, Hercules instead of Thor. 
Like, but then why are the all of these characters being introduced at the same time as we're getting the younger analogs okay. for the Avengers characters, where we have the younger Hawkeye being introduced, we're having a, um, a Patriot introduced in the background of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'll we answer. have, yeah. So because, and this is where money comes in. Okay, yeah. Um, they're not gonna. They're not gonna give us a West Coast Avengers film. Those are all B tier characters, and I think the story that you're describing is gonna be Captain America, New World Order. What I'm calling Avengers, what you called Avengers Assemble, which I love. I think that they are not going to give a supervillain team, especially made up of those actors playing those characters, their own film. I think the reason why I went with Young Avengers instead of the Thunderbolts is because I do see the MCU giving their young actors that they've introduced in the films their own starring vehicle. And I just think money-wise, it does not make sense to roll out you know, Hercules and fucking the swordsman. Like, no, like that's not going to be a movie. <laughs> I just don't, I, I just don't think it carries enough weight. No, what I think is going to happen is I think you're going to see at the end of um, Captain America, New World Order, Avengers Dissemble, whatever that happens to be, there's going to be several of the quote, quote unquote new Avengers. Yes. The ones that, that the Contessa is putting together. That's yes. going to be like, we've done fucked up and they're going to go and put together the Thunderbolts and you're going to get a couple of other reformed bad guys that are going to become a, a the, the, the guardians of the galaxy replacement basically in the, in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're going to get. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I'm my records. I am sticking to my guns. I think if you're following the legacy, cause now, you know, the actor has passed away of general Thunderbolt Ross, whose big purpose within the Marvel movies, not counting, trying to hunt down the Hulk was introducing the Sokovia Accords and having a team who is held responsible by the government. And you have this other character, the, and the Contessa who is running around bringing together all of these other characters. There's clearly a team being put together, which is why I call them sort of their version of the suicide squad is all yes. of, you know, and I, I think if you get enough of them in captain America, um, it would make sense for them to get their own movie. I would argue that the young Avengers who will eventually have their own movie for sure. It feels with the younger attitude that it would make more sense for that to be a Disney plus show of seeing that team come together, because then you can have your love triangles. You can give your characters space to tell those stories. Mm, And that's going to, that's going to appeal more to a younger audience because then you get more merch out of them by stretching (laughs) out a TV show. And I'm not joking. Like all of this to me is still way too much Marvel. I love it. And I'm there for all of it, but it's way more like, Initially, we're like, wow, this is a lot of Marvel. Oh, it makes sense. It's everything they had to stop doing during COVID. But that's not the case. They're just doing more and more and more to where mm-hmm. if you're going to make money, it's not just on box office. You have to sell the merch. Look at how much freaking merchandise. I know I can swear. I don't know why I keep seeing. Free. Look at how much <laughs> fucking merchandise is coming out of all the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Look at how often they're like, oh, and by the way, let's introduce a cute young character you know, let's introduce Grogu, let's introduce Pizza Dog, let's introduce, you know, and granted Pizza Dog, part of the comics, amazing character. We love Lucky. Um, but it's 
It's about merchandising and stretching out the series for longer so you have more opportunities for doing that. If it's just one movie, the merchandise kind of comes and goes. Uh, but if you stretch it out over several weeks, so I see no reason. Like, they're going to do 18 fucking episodes of Daredevil. That scares me, you guys. <laughs> like, I don't want eight epi- 18 episodes of Daredevil. I want five. I mean, I want 18 episodes worth of story. But if there's only 12 episodes worth of story in 18, then, yeah, that's bad. Well, also, that's a lot of Daredevil. Like, Daredevil, great character. We got three really good seasons. We got the defenders which wasn't great but that sort of brought those those characters together it would not surprise me if daredevil maybe got split up and maybe it wasn't actually all daredevil what if daredevil gets renamed marvel knights mm. Mm, and point. daredevil becomes more of those netflix marvel characters showing up mm. and maybe we get a little punisher and maybe we get a little more kingpin maybe we get jessica jones which is already rumored Maybe we get Luke Cage and I don't care. Fuck everybody. Bring Iron Fist back and just do a better job of writing it and give the actor more time to learn the choreography for the fight scenes because it wasn't wasn't his fault that the show sucked. He got thrown in there at the last minute and, uh, and there were problems. Disagree. Disagree. (laughs) I've read accounts of his poor, um, effort and his like unwillingness to commit to rehearsals. So I strongly disagree. Oh, okay. I was not aware. All I knew knew is that he was a late uh, swap out and that on TV shows that shoot like that, you have very little time to learn your fight. Like on arrow, it's why the fight scenes are so boring because they all look the same is because they like learn the fight choreography the day before Um, Um, versus really giving them time. I do want to, I do want to throw out there that if you do, Avengers disassembled, then um, Daredevil plays a not so much Daredevil, but Jessica Jones and Luke Cage play a big part in that. And so I think that lends credence to the idea that Daredevil um, is more than just Daredevil. Right. That Daredevil, maybe like the first yeah. half is just Daredevil, and then the second half is what they were, what Netflix did with the Defenders. Um, I would like to see, I would like to see a um, Iron Fist that is decent because it's such a good character in the like heroes. Yeah, here Marvel Knight Heroes for Hire. Yeah, it's Heroes for Hire is such a good like you. It's you have to have fun. Um, character development between iron fist and Luke cage. They're just, so here's my good. question about that. Here's my question about the possibility for, um, you know, daredevil to be split up between into something like Marvel Knights or heroes for hire. Rob, I, I never watched, I only watched the first two seasons of daredevil on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I did not watch season three. I did not watch the defenders. I did not watch any of that other stuff. Um, but they're saying that they're going to be doing born again wasn't that already sort of adapted into season three of daredevil? Yes. Okay. So then could this be like another take on that where maybe daredevil is taken out of commission in the first half of the 18 episodes. And then we get heroes for hire trying to like pick up the, the slack on like the street level stuff. You know what I mean? I think it's a tongue in cheek title the same way Spider-Man homecoming was. It's meant to say, He's born again into the MCU. Oh, I don't, I don't know it. that they'll actually adapt that storyline. I think it's got just it. them being cute. But yeah. I have no idea. We'll see. This is also a very different Kingpin. Like 
our other kingpin, not really a guy you would catch wearing a Hawaiian shirt and who is somehow invincible uh, and gets blown up and is fine. So it was very like he could take a punch, um, but it's, it's clearly going to be very different, but who the hell knows, man, they just put Logan and the Deadpool movies up on fricking Disney (laughs) plus. So they're, they officially have R rated superhero content on there. Yeah. Um, Yeah pegging and all. So uh, who knows, (laughs) you know, where they would be willing to go with it. And I kind of hope like that might be a thing they almost need to do. Cause one of the things that um, I found interesting is we, we had friends over, they brought their dog over for, you know, to run around with Sam and they have a teenager. And uh, we were just generally talking about some of the Marvel stuff that came out and uh, their teenager stated that, you know, they were born after Iron Man came out. So they literally grew up with the MCU the same way that maybe for us, it was like, I don't know what Disney movies in the eighties, but those even really hit until the nineties. Mm-hmm. So like it's such a, they, it needs to be reinvented for that key target audience of kids that are, in their teenage years and have disposable income because that's where the merch gets sold. That's where the movie tickets get sold. And that's why all these movies have been PG 13 instead of R right. Is because they're, they need to shoot for a four quadrant uh, sort of audience to try to get everybody to go. They know they have the money from the adults. They know they have the money from, from the geeks. They know they have the money from the people that have now been watching these movies for over 10 years, but we're also getting older and so maybe, you know, I keep hearing people are like, yeah, I haven't seen the last one or I haven't watched the Disney plus shows or I haven't, you know, I'm hearing that more and more from geeky friends. So I don't know. I feel like they have to try to reimagine and reinvent, you know, as much as they can say the fantastic four and everybody goes, wow, fantastic four. Like do kids like the fantastic four? <laughs> what do they have for, what do they have for reference? You know, right. so that's why they're going to do things like Ironheart, who's relatively new, Miss Marvel, who's relatively new. Um, but a thing I put in here in like Midnight Suns, they're about to release a video game called the Midnight Suns. When they released the Avengers video game, the main character was uh, Kamala Khan. You know, yeah. not- I'm not too worried about that. I think that kids didn't love Thor either when, you know, yeah, the, that's the, true. The, the older crowd what's seen as the older crowd now were kids then and i think you know they're they're pretty confident in in their ability to uh earn that following yeah yeah i mean guardians of the galaxy is is the ultimate thing to dispel my argument because only hardcore comic fans knew of them and didn't know why they were being made a, a movie and then deeper comic book fans who had read the series they assumed it would be based off of with Star-Lord and, and, and Groot yeah. and all that was like, oh, yeah, that absolutely makes sense as a movie. But none yep. of the Marvel fans saw it coming because they had no idea who that was. Right. Yeah. But just the idea of like, what is this like? What is this like? We're all old dudes sitting here around talking about stuff that we've been reading for decades. But what is it? What does this series need to look like for the audience that? doesn't know any of this and Marvel to them is the movies that their parents make them watch. Well, Mm -hmm. um, thinking about that and, you know, thinking about what guardians was able to accomplish. Has anybody heard, um, or read 
uh, snippets about the Eternals possibly being relegated to a a self-contained multiverse story. No, I haven't heard that. Kind of like heard that. De- I haven't heard anything about it. Decanonize. Yeah, that was something that, that wouldn't shock Feige, me. <laughs> that's something that Feige said in, in regards to that. Like, you know, we still don't know when or where that took place was kind of his oh. his his comment in an in a interview around Comic Con. Well, we I, know it took I, place I, after Endgame because they say it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that if they they come up with a good enough sequel i think that they can probably save the franchise <laughs> i think it's just they have to like they just did it was a lot of info it was a it was an yeah. info dump that that could have been i think handled better yeah agreed um any should we wrap up here any last yeah because we're any? way past where you said you would stay so absolutely <laughs> sorry um, this is good uh, though. We, this I love the the deep dive that Rob brings. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, last thought not, is is the same. Everything is a lie until it happens. Well, Every, then you including got, including trailers. I trust nothing. No, <laughs> which, I, I agree. Which makes, I agree. It more, which makes it more exciting for me. Yeah, um, and then somebody wrote daughters. Uh, daughters of the Dragon is a, a that was me. Plus. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see that yes. freaking show. Like that was the. I wanted Heroes for Hire and Daughters for the Dragon to come out. Uh, of the Netflix shows, and it's just you know it ended before we got there. I I think I think we will start seeing that stuff. There's just too many good stories in there for them to not do it. If now Iron Fist is a it. yeah, if Iron Fist is a whiny white boy that nobody likes, good. Put him in a show with Luke Cage, who everyone loves, and let him slap him around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and then you get and he, yeah, it's a great way to teach. It's a great way to teach privilege. Um, <laughs> which is what all I, right, that whole thing is about. Yeah. All right. So on uh, that note, uh, shout out to you, Rob, for joining us. We very, very much hey, appreciate th- it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. As always, this worked Any out. Other- I tried recording twice and both times <laughs> family things interrupted. So I texted Joe and it was like, can I just come play? Yeah, I, <laughs> so I appreciate. Of course, it. you can because um, <laughs> we we appreciate the deep dive you provide. Um, plus, it's just fun to hang out with you. Uh, yeah. Any shout outs that we need to worry about today? I I got a shout out. Go for it. Um, shout out to DC Warner Brothers, uh, <laughs> who's uh, <laughs> who's who's Comic Con uh, content or announcements uh, pretty much were. Uh, Black Adam details and and some exclusive footage. Uh, actually, no exclusive footage on <laughs> Black Adam whatsoever. Um, and uh, Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods, and that was it for DC. That was kind of a, a wrap. Um, which I guess right now, uh, it seems like all they really have to to work with is expanding the Shazam verse because Justice League feel- seems kind of like a shit show. It's the other one that hasn't been (laughs) fucked up yet. (laughs) The only one that hasn't fucked up yet is Shazam. Yeah. Um, Because, right, it seemed like after uh, they got the Snyderverse take. I'm just going to let my neighbor drive by and blasting his music. Cool. Um, It seems after they got the Snyderverse out of, you know, out out there um, and lost, I guess, Henry Cavill for good and. Ben Affleck moved on, but maybe not. But maybe he's going to show up for this, but maybe not. He's done with the character. Um, I mean, we've got another iteration of Batman. 
it, it looked like they were going to try to find a way to move forward with Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Flash, and you know, as a, as their core with using Flashpoint as a kind of reset. But that doesn't seem like it's doable now. No, and you look. They note they seem to have thrown a lot of um, recognizable characters into Black Adam. Right. Got, is it Doctor Fate? Mm-hmm. I don't. And Hawkman. And Hawkman. Yep. And uh, did you Adam see that Master. footage, Rob? What'd you think of that footage, Rob? You know, it's more superhero content. That's that's basically what I think of it. It looks like <laughs> the movie where somebody gave the Rock superpowers. <laughs> good for the, good for the rock good for him yeah it does the seem rock pretty boy- of eternity boy- if if yeah. the fact that they didn't call it the the it you know uh black adam colon the rock of eternity is uh a little the rock of eternity is where the wizard shazam lives by the way oh, so right funny. for it to it, be called the rock of eternity is a little sad it was uh, right there it was, it was right there the whole time yeah i don't i don't expect anything out of that movie I expect was, it to be exactly what the trailer looks like, which yeah. is a really expensive superhero movie from the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was a similar comment that I made to Rosie when we were watching catching up on all the trailers yesterday. I said, uh, it's interesting how the DC content lo- looks like pretty boilerplate, you know, yeah. 2000 superhero stories. And then, the Marvel content just reduces you to tears. Like it's just like <laughs> oh, the, up at the Black Panther trailer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny because before Rob hopped on and it was just Ray and I on, on the call, uh, he said, are we going to talk about the, um, the DC stuff? And I said, well, we can mention it and then move on. Like I have from the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Rough yeah. DC fanboys. Rough. Yeah. I was I was hanging out with a friend uh earlier in the week, uh Sean Daly, uh Ray. And and he said, he's like, you know what? I, I like I like Marvel stuff. I don't love it because it's not my fandom. And I I enjoy the DC stuff because it's my fandom. Is it not great? Yeah, but it's my fandom, and so I still support it. And I my power to the people who can, because if it was the other way around and DC was hitting balls out of the park on a regular basis, not all the time, but on a regular basis, and um, Marvel was not producing, I would be heartbroken and I would be a bitter, angry individual. So more yeah. power to the people who are not that. Who deserve some good DC content. Who really do deserve some good DC content. I, I'm down on DC, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't absolutely love good DC content because, yeah. again, yeah, like you said, it's comic book content. Like, why wouldn't we want it? Yeah. Just make me smile. That's what I want, DC. <laughs> stop stop making me just, you know, I don't I don't know. Like I they don't make me sad. They don't make me mad necessarily. Sure. But just like <laughs> I just wa- it's it's watching X-Men movies. It's like why is everything gray? Yep. Just make me smile. <laughs> like show me instead of the X-Men doing the same thing the X-Men kept doing, show me a movie where the X-Men play baseball. Yeah. Yes. You know, right. it's that right. it's the, it's the show me, of course, you know, kids state will be like, they ripped off twilight, but we'll, we'll slap them and move on. Uh, <laughs> but it was the, yeah, it's like, show me yeah. a Superman movie and make me smile. Show me a Batman movie and make me like super mentally engaged 
And you know what? You can make me smile too. Do the yeah. solve the Robin puzzle. Right. Right. Stop trying to look for the edge and everything and just tell me a good story. <laughs> a yeah. fun story. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's my shout out. All right. All right. Well, on that note, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, Farming Simulated, As the Dice Roll, Planes Talker Podcast, and Sometimes Rob. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, Troidal Power, Geen, and Nixie, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Gentlemen, where can we find you? I am on social media at Ray Vargas three, and you can check out my website, Ramon Vargas I am on Twitter at Noby. That is K N O W B Y. And you could find me in the comics channel of the geek to geek slack. All right. Well, thank you gentlemen. This was like, I absolutely love this. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 if you ask me what one of my favorite things to do, it's like sit around and talk about what Marvel's what the hell Marvel's up to. And so thank you. This is this has been fun. Well, thank you, um, Marvel, sh- for giving us so much to freaking talk about. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, no idea what our next episode will be about. Uh, Ray and I will have to get together and chat. But until then, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs>